Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome into the show. It is Coffee Break. Troy Shockley with you this Friday morning. The show brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. If you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers, call David at Versant, 459-8565. And we've got, uh, I had to pull out the shoehorn this morning. None of them brought donuts, but they're all here in our studio. We're talking about uh, Lewis and Clark Public Health's Safer Communities Montana Project. And, uh, yeah, we've got a crew in today. We've got Chief uh, Steve Haggard. We've got uh, Sheriff Leo Dutton. And uh, this is the first time Leo's been on the show and not wearing the headset. I don't know if uh, are you okay not wearing the head headphones, Leo? That's right. I'll work on it. I'll work, I'll work on it. <laughs> We've also got Dennis Nyland in today. We we got everybody. Maybe you want to run down the line and just kind of introduce yourself so people can connect voice to name. Let them know who you are and what it is that you do, and I guess how you're involved with with the project. Morning, Troy. Steve Hagen, Chief of Police in Helena. Um, we're we're working with public health. I think the connection between public health and law enforcement and not just this project, but other projects is critically important. We both work, um, are, are working to make our community safer, whether it's in um, suicide prevention or um, drug addiction or any of those kind of things. Working with public health is critical yeah. for law enforcement to do. Yeah. And I'll hand it off to Dennis. Oh, there you go. See, Dennis, that that's how you do it. That's it's easy. It. All right. Yeah, Dennis Nyland. Um, I'm currently in the mental health ombudsman with the state. Um, um, but I've been part of this group. It's been going for about a year, um, and it's important. We we have suicide prevention. This is just another spoke in that suicide prevention wheel. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that. Yeah, and then uh, we got we we got three guys, one Mike. Sheriff's gonna. Sneak. Well, good morning, <laughs> Sheriff Leo Dutton. Hello, we uh, are here about a sensitive topic about suicide prevention, and we're going to ask for your help. We don't come in and tell you anything. We come in and ask, and we're going to uh, present several things about why you should, and we ask that you would. So back to Dennis. Yeah, thank you. Dennis is the star of this show today, and and we should probably Dennis explain a little bit just uh, what the project is. I mean, we're going to dig into a couple aspects of it this morning, but sort of that uh, the ten thousand foot view. What are we talking about when we talk about the uh, Safer Communities Montana project? Yeah, so Safer Communities Montana, it's it's a combination or partnership of firearm, pharmaceutical communities. That getting those that was a must. We had to have them part of that. If you talk about suicide prevention, you have to have these players involved. Um, it's our goal is is to educate and empower the community, our community, to um, how to deal with lethal means, which is part of su- suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we don't talk about the lethal means and that aspect of it. So that's what our our goal was um and the safe communities montana is um campaign that has a, it's a subgroup of the lewis and clark county suicide prevention coalition which includes firearm retailers and ranges um pharmacists law enforcement mental health providers and the advocates lewis and clark county um the city of helena community partners um throughout our whole community um state legislators suicide prevention experts in the field and then the montana national guard and vet services yeah so this is this is a large project i mean this is a a a big thing and it's not something you came up with last week Uh, this is a long-term thing especially with so many people involved it has to be in order to get everybody rowing in the same direction Uh, you've been planning this for some time yeah so it took us over a year to actually put together 
get the people, the right people in place for this. So it, it's been a year in the making, and we're just starting to get the rollout of, of the information that we've created. Yeah. So obviously, you know, a, a lot of time put in, into anything means that it's important, right? So yeah. why? why? Why is this important? So let's quickly just talk about some of the stats that we have out there. You know, for, for right, right now, Montana, as of 2019, because our stats are always a couple years behind, mm -hmm. We're third in the nation for suicide, the suicide rate. So, I mean, that's that's a horrible number to have, be third. Um, overdose is the most common means of attempts of suicide. Okay. Nationally, it's 70 to 90% of all suicide attempts are by overdose. 63% um, of all Montana suicides, deaths, are with firearms. Um, and that's So we sort of buck that national trend a little bit. Yep. That, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's. Yes. I mean, it's, it's national trend is high, but we, yeah, we do definitely buck that. And then Montana's die every 54 hours. So think yeah. about that. That's it's, 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 it's a, it's a sad statistic. And if we want to talk about veterans here, we got Memorial weekend right. day weekend coming up 80.4 veterans die by suicide using a firearm and loss of Vietnam vets by suicide. Um, were more than the Vietnam war itself, which is over 59,000. Yeah, deaths. I mean the, the numbers they're, they're staggering numbers. I mean they really are. You sort of intellectually know like oh the numbers are high, but then when you sit and talk about them, when you actually lay them out there, uh, it's it's a big thing. So one of the things that we're talking about here then, because you pointed out Montana uh, firearms and suicide, it, it's a problem. What then is safe storage? And I guess I we should probably point out safe storage not just for firearms, right? That's right. It's safe storage is not just firearms. It's medications. Um, big part of um, what lethal means, you know, you um, it, people are in a time of crisis, and at that time of crisis, um, if we have those lethal means in the safe storage, for example, um, for medications, there is systems out there. There's a thing called um, uh, Deterra, which is actually you put the medication or you expired or once you're not using anymore. And actually goes in there and de deactivates the the medication, so it's not going to be that lethal. Okay, and so one of the things we're talking about was safe storage. I mean, the access may be there still, but it's not it's not easy access. It's not instant access. So maybe those split second decisions that are made and end up a little differently. That's right. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, Steve, Dennis just handed off. I guess Dennis is done talking. Yeah, that, I think he is, and and I just kind of like to weigh in on the on the safe yeah, storage. Yeah, it, it, as everyone knows, Montana is um, very proud of its um, culture around firearms. Mm -hmm. It's a very important part of the Montana community. This program is not regulatory. It is not saying you must do this. You must. Do this. We're not talking policy. Changes we're not talking here. policy changes. Yeah. We're not talking regulations. What we're talking about is just taking that extra step to put that firearm away. Lock it up. Don't give it. You don't want it to get in someone's hands at a time that they just shouldn't have it. So um, one of the things we've done is we have locks, uh, gun locks at the station that are available. Um, if if you're worried about having that firearm available for self protection, there's there's safes available that are are quick access safes that you just basically can use your your um, like a biometrics type deal. Because they, that's probably one of the first things, right, of you need to lock up your gun. Well, but I want to be able to get to it when somebody kicks my door in. Absolutely. Right? Like so, that, that's the reason a lot of people have it sitting next to their bed. So that's going to be the reason that I don't want a gun lock on there. That's correct. And and that's not what – and we're not advocating for um, taking anyone's guns away or anything right. like that. It is just please lock them up and, and 
just delay that person that may be um, contemplating suicide, if you delay them just enough so they can get help. That's that's ultimately what locking up your firearms, locking up the medication, it gives people time, and time is very critical in, in a in suicide prevention. Yeah, we've got uh, Police Chief Steve Hagen in the studio with us today. Uh, Sheriff Dutton is also here, and uh, Dennis Island is in with Lewis and Clark Public Health as well. Uh, Sheriff's hanging out, enjoying his coffee over here. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to add some levity, but it, this is a it is a serious conversation. And um, one thing, Sheriff, I, w- I wanted to ask you quickly about: uh, there are places across the entire county um, for people to dispose of their old unwanted medication. I mean, Dennis mentioned that there's a way to sort of deactivate that. But if you want to just say, I just don't want it in the house, there, there's a lot of places. There are options. Absolutely, Troy. There are. Uh, there's a disposal section up at uh, Law and Justice Center at 406 Fuller that you can come in there. We don't ask any questions. We ask that you don't bring certain things in there like needles and th- uh, ish, uh, equipment like that. But if you want to get rid of your medication, just put it in there, no questions asked, and we turn it over to the DEA for destruction. Also, twice a year, we'll have spots at, uh, like, Walmart, mm-hmm. uh, certain stores around town, out in outlying areas, Lincoln, uh, those areas that you can come in and turn those in. reason you don't want to flush them down the drain is it does cause issues, uh, leaches into the, the water and into the groundwater. So bring them in. Uh, I know that the temptation is to keep them in case uh, something goes bad and you'll have them. Medications do expire. Mm -hmm. And uh, the impulsivity of depression is something that you can't predict. So get rid of them. Yeah. Well, and as uh, a sheriff, as coroner, you spent time in an ambulance as well. I mean, you've been out there for a lot of years. I'm I'm not, I'm not dating you here. I'm just saying you've got experience. (laughs) Um, You, You've, I, I know, have seen too many unnecessary deaths that, that many of them were potentially or even likely preventable. They were, and that's my own opinion. But the signs of depression, I, I've seen a lot over 24 years in the EMS. And what were the cues? People live with guilt after the person commits suicide. When depression hits, you don't think anybody value you. Value Uh, values you it's easy for you to say anyway uh but they do but you are so far down in the depressive state that you don't think anybody can listen to you Uh, they do they really do i'm telling you right now that's a lie so i've seen way too much so that's why this program is important to me i you know that i'm a very strong second amendment person but we've talked about ways to reduce the impulsivity of someone just they can't stand the pain, they can't stand this, and it's a, uh, it's a permanent solution for a temporary problem. We can help you. We can help work things out. So please, please don't do that. I, I've seen, I, I don't know how many, but way, way too many, and that's why this yeah. Important yeah. To me. When when you're at the bottom of the well, it's tough to see the light at the top. And, um, you know, this, this is an important thing. How how can people make their homes safer? I don't, I don't want to end our conversation and run out of time before we give people sort of actionable steps. And I know Steve already mentioned uh, some of that of, you know, the, the, the gun locks and the um, or potentially even the gun safe. I mean, there are other other things we can do. 
Yeah, I, I would tell you that the biggest thing is is that you start the conversation before a crisis or that moment comes into play. So have talks with your your loved ones, your friends, you know, your your family members before anything happens. Know where you know the the medications and where you know the firearms are, and make sure that that is taken care of before anything ever happens. And a lot of these things that we've been talking about. If you go on to our the website, it's safercommunitiesmt.org, uh, so safercommunitiesmt.org. Um, that gives a lot of this information that we're mm-hmm. just talking about today. Yeah, and if there is some kind of crisis happening in the home, it, it's worth it taking that taking that breath and saying, you know what? Let's just be safe and, and maybe get those, give them to a family member or a neighbor, maybe get the firearms, maybe get the meds out of the house, right? If, if there's a very clear crisis happening. Yes. I, I, like I said, I think talking to each other, but mm-hmm. also having a pre-plan, knowing that if you, you know, your loved ones, you know, your friends, you know, you know, your significant others, you know them. So if you see something is not right, that's the time to take action. Like, like um, the chief had mentioned you know, time is on our side. Then, if you if you can have it out of the way, and yeah. And intervention. I mean, I that's something that's important. I mean, it, it's it's okay and it's necessary to sort of raise your hand and say, "Hold on, wait a minute," and 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 try to intervene before something happens. We don't want to be reactive to this thing. We we want to be proactive. Well, Troy, that's a good point. I think mental health care is often ignored, and one of the things that there's a stigma about putting your hand in the air and saying i need help it almost is easier when someone you know someone you love raises their hand first and says i i went and got help i i recognize it it makes it easier just because people look at you with uh judgment and say oh geez you know there's something going on there but then you go off and commit suicide and those people think why didn't they say something? Why didn't they speak up? Well, because you were looking at it with a judgment eye. So no matter where you come from, depression can hit, and there is training. There is ways that if you are dealing with someone with suicide or you're suicidal yourself, there are resources available that are confidential. You don't have to go and tell everyone. So it's important that you reach out. Uh, As Dennis said, this is the memorial weekend and we're going to honor those that were killed in battle and we're seeing way too many that were are killing themselves as a result of battle Mm, so this is a serious a serious subject and we want to help there are too many of us that are committing suicide and there are there is training where our goal is zero suicide wouldn't that be awesome yeah yeah be, right? I, I want to have you in and talk about that yeah um and and there is i guess that we talk about intervention postvention is something you know so there, there's help after the fact as well right yes i mean right now we have the international survivors um, of suicide loss day it's always the last saturday of november prior to thanksgiving mm. so that that is here it's it typically it's at the capitol the rotunda and and that's given all that support and then we have the suicide uh, bereavement support groups that are around also that also helps with those yeah um before uh, before we run out we're just about out of time um if, if there's somebody out there that that does need to reach out whether it's for them or for a loved one dennis where should they go how do they because that's the first thing of okay i, I want to reach out but then that number that one b is where 
Yeah. So if there's, there's two, there's a lot of resources out Mm -hmm. there, but the suicide prevention lifeline, it's 1-800-273-TALK, which is 8255. And if you're a veteran, press one and that goes, that will go to the veteran services to help them. Then you also have the crisis text line. We all have, we text a lot, Mm -hmm. right? Our generation is texting, text MT to 741741. And like I said before, there is multiple, these resources and others are out there at that um, website. And I'll just say it again. It's the safercommunitiesmt.org. Guys, I, I appreciate you coming in. Appreciate uh, all the work that you do in our community. Uh, it's an important thing, and it's important for those listening. Uh, to, as we've said, if you need help, if someone you love needs help, uh, please um, raise your hand, pick up the phone, and, uh, and and ask for that help. It's out there, and uh, there's nothing wrong with saying something's wrong. Uh, Steve Hagen, Leo Dutton, and Dennis Nyland. Guys, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, yeah. Troy. Dennis, good job. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Stick around. We've got more Coffee Break coming up. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Kurt just caught me. I barely got back. We're back. This is Coffee Break. It's brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David at Versant, 459-8565. And uh, we're talking this morning. We've got in the studio uh, Ray Reed. It's been far too long since we've had Ray Reed in the studio. And uh, if, he's brought along uh, Robin to his Batman, I guess, this morning. We've got uh, John, is it Quintrell, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, we're talking Memorial Day, and uh, gentlemen, I, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, we wanted to take a few minutes to talk about uh, events this weekend here in the county, and I want to make sure we get to that so that we don't uh, miss it because it's important. The Lewis and Clark County Memorial Foundation is going to have an event. It's uh, Ray. It's on it's on Sunday. Sundays. All right, gra- grab that mic. Get yep. get it over to you. Yeah, it's on Sunday at three o'clock. Okay, it'll be at the Lewis and Clark Memorial. As John just told me, he says something. People have to key on a, a, a iconic figure, and it's right across from the great big uh, flag. That's the flag. Yeah, that's right. So My daughter right says, across it's the, the flag street. park. That's right. Yeah, that's that's where right. we are. And uh, John is our uh, guest speaker for that, and we'll just do a very short, uh, strictly solemn ceremony uh, on Memorial Day. We're doing it on the real day. We start out with a moment of silence and go on through that process so we're inviting everybody to come out we'll have some chairs but we'll still be following the social distancing requirements mm-hmm. that we think uh, it's outdoors and it's going to be a beautiful day they say it's going to be 75 so yeah please, we're getting a, please. A, a nice memorial day weekend well, i don't first, know what well, uh, really <laughs> last year when we tried it uh, it was raining and we only had five people stand on the thing and 
and COVID was over looking over our shoulder, so yeah. we just didn't do do much. Yeah, like this will be a, a a great event, and it's also, as I understand it, the uh, 50th Vietnam War anniversary commemorative it, event as well. It is. It is. It, it's uh, posted on the national uh, uh, website as a, an event. So. Well, and as we mentioned, John is here. Uh, John, a Vietnam uh, combat veteran. He served with the 25th Infantry Division Wolfhounds. He's going to be the keynote speaker. And, uh, John, I appreciate you coming and hanging out uh, with me and, and with Ray this morning. Well, it's my pleasure, uh, Troy, and I uh, want to thank you up and up front for the opportunity to, uh, you know, be able to share a few thoughts. And, uh, you know, most people think Memorial Day is – uh, you know, having hamburgers, picnics, yeah. and so forth and so on. And, and, and it is, and that's fine. But Memorial Day, I, I just want to stress the fact that, you know, so many veterans uh, gave, you know, everything that they had and left it on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And so many of us that were lucky enough to come home, uh, it's, it's about remembering, okay? It's about remembering their service and our service. You know, a lot of times Memorial Day, they think uh, it's only about the dead guys, you know, the guys that, that died over there. But it really, I want people to understand that, that veterans that came home, you know, they, they did their very best and they, they should be proud of their service. And so let's not forget them as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then they, of course, carry with them. Uh, all of those deaths are, are carried with them as well. I mean, it, it's sort of a, a, a two sides to the coin for them. Yeah, I, I uh, was very fortunate uh, this last year. I was able to, during the coronavirus, I was stuck at home, and I was uh, fortunate enough to write a book, and it's about my 365 days in Vietnam. Most and, of us just put on 15 pounds. You sat and wrote a book, John. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and it's interesting because I was a teenager, you know, surfing the beaches of San Diego, California, and all of a sudden I got my draft notice, and so it was from the, the sandy beaches of San Diego to the jungles of Vietnam. And, and basically, it's, it's a story about a combat veteran in a, in, a, in a war zone, and it's an unvarnished, truth-telling book, very politically incorrect. <laughs> and I had to change uh, some names mm -hmm. to protect the guilty. And otherwise, it is all the names in the book are true, uh, over 100 pictures combat pictures and so forth but uh it's interesting that people that are reading the book now the reviews i'm getting veterans are loving it because it like takes them right back to the day mm -hmm. but other people like wives and families the comments they're they're coming up with is we had no idea what our dads or or my husband you know in many instances wives will tell me now i know why my husband was a quarter bubble off all these years you know yeah, yeah. so uh, but it's uh, amazing. The book can be uh, bought at uh, Montana Book Company down on uh, Last Chance Gulch. Okay. And they can certainly go to the book website, which is uh, my365daysvetbook.com. And they can read all kinds of reviews and so forth. Yeah. Well, it sounds like getting and, fantastic and we are, reviews. We also have it in our gift shop at the, at the museum. Okay. And uh, it's funny, uh, I had to call John the other day. I said I ran out because uh, people just are picking them out. That's fantastic. And it, it's a great book. Uh, I, I told him, I said, I had such a similar uh, uh, intro into Vietnam, what he explains about how he, 
you hit the hit that uh, tropical wall when you open up the door of Tonsonet, all, all the way through that, the smells, all of that stuff. I said it all brought it just brought yeah. it back in big details so. john um we've got uh, the time goes fast we've, we've got about three and a half minutes how, how was you know, how tough was it to put yourself back in some of those moments to tell that story well i'll tell you it, it you do it, it's a very emotional roller coaster i'll tell you and and before we leave i would be remiss if i didn't mention diane carlson evans mm-hmm. the vietnam yeah. nurse ironically diane and i walked into vietnam on the same day we didn't know each other, but the parallel experiences, you know, in, in the combat field, we would have injured and, and dying and so forth, and there was only two options. We'd, we'd either give those guys over to the angels or we'd give them to the nurses, like Diane. And she came out with a wonderful book, and it's called Healing Wounds, and it tells the story of her in Vietnam and, and how she dealt with and treated guys like me that got wounded in the field. And then of course, her uh, story about how she got the woman's memorial done in Washington, DC. Yeah, and she's gonna be featured on uh, PBS. Yeah, PBS uh, this weekend. But you know, these guys, I I just have to say, guys, within the sound of my voice, if you're a veteran, and I don't care what branch of service you're in, guys, you can be proud of what you did. It's okay. You know, we, we uh, came home from Vietnam, didn't get a very good welcome, and most of us decided that we were not going to tell anybody we were even veterans. But it's okay. Uh, we did the very best we could. And remember, you're never forgotten. And you've always got, you know, your buddies that uh, came home with you and so forth. Now, having said that, there's a lot of guys still that are homeless there's still a lot of guys that have a lot of problems. And if I want everybody out there, if you know a veteran, I, you know, besides saying thank you for your service, ask them, are you getting the benefits that you have coming to you that you so richly earned? And if they're not, direct them to an American Legion like here in town and let a service officer get you plugged into the VA where you can get your your benefits and your medical and yeah. so forth, uh, guys. We got to take care of each other now, and and we got to make sure that all of us get to the finish line. Yeah, it, it, so that's such a great a, point. Do we have a ninety second. You, you got you got one minute, right? One minute. Okay. So on Sunday evening, at seven p.m. on PBS and hopefully some other stations. Diane Carlson Evans' interview that was conducted here at the Montana Military Museum, along with John's, uh, will be on the uh, virtual uh, Memorial Day concert. Uh, and it, it will be rebroadcast at 8.30 in the evening. So grab either the 7 o'clock one or the 8.30 one. But please watch it. It's be- it's beautiful. I've, I've seen the cuts of it. It is a wonderful interview. Uh, you'll appreciate it. Everybody will appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a fantastic thing. Uh, Ray, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks uh, for your service. And, John, thank you. Um, as you said, you, you did not get the reception you should have um, when you came home. So um, just this morning, for what it's worth, thank you um, for what you did. And thank you for, for putting it down. Well, in the book. And, and thanks, Troy. And, and you know what? Uh, God bless all those veterans out there. We'll see you on Tuesday.
I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.